Hi, everyone. This is the time of year where we want to get back into shape. It's when we start thinking about what we want for the new year ahead. So if you want to change and have a new fresh mindset and begin some new healthy habits, I want to welcome you to come join me for my free Get Back Into Shape four-part workshop series that kicks off on January 10th. Now, this four-part series, I'll be sharing four 30-minute workshops where we'll focus on a different area of your health. Our first workshop will be shifting the weight that just won't budge. On our second workshop, we'll be focusing on switching your motivation and mindset for success. Our third workshop will focus on creating a simple exercise routine that you will love. And our fourth workshop is looking at overcoming pain and moving with strength and freedom. So at the end of each workshop, I'll be answering your questions. And don't worry if you can't make them live, I've got you covered. There will be replays available. So to join me, head on over to the show notes and click the Get Back Into Shape link where you can sign up now. All right, I can't wait to see you in the workshops. I'm so excited for this. And this is a really simple way to kick off your new year with a new version of you. Hi, I'm Kate Boyle and welcome to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you health information from diet and lifestyle to movement and nutrition. My aim is to bring you bite-sized pieces of information that you can instigate into your everyday life to change your health. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Boyle, and welcome to 2023. We are kicking off the new year with five gut health tips for busy women. Now, if you guys are like me and busy all the time, whether or not you're working, raising kids, looking after grandkids, but looking for some simple ways to look after your gut health, I hope these ones help. So my first tip is to make sure you chew your food well. We've heard it time and time again. Our parents used to say to us when we're sitting at the table, make sure you choose your food. And I always say it to my daughters too, but it really does help with your digestion, which is then going to help your gut health. So how many times should we be chewing? Well, on average, we want to be looking at about 32 times of when we're chewing for any piece of food. That's the uh, best rate that studies have shown, but it may be need to be a little bit more if you're eating things like steak or nuts. We want to up that chewing to about 40 chews per mouthful. And if we're eating softer foods like watermelon and mashed potatoes, you can usually drop that down for around sort of 10 to 15, so a lot less. So make sure you take your time, enjoy your food. In a previous uh, podcast episode, we've talked about, you know, just taking that time out, making sure that when we eat our food, we're concentrating on our food. We're looking at it. We're experiencing the smell, the taste, using our senses and not sitting at the computer, typing away, trying to eat mouthfuls in between because our digestion is not going to be great. If we're sitting at the computer 
and we're, you know, trying to focus on multiple things and maybe we've got some stressful things happening, then our body is not going to be in our parasympathetic state. We're going to be in our sympathetic state, which means we'll be in our flight or fight state. Now, if you are in that fight or flight state, your body is not prioritizing digestion because it thinks that there's a threat. It thinks that you're going to need to run and flee and fight. So the blood is diverted away from the stomach to our limbs, which means there's not a whole lot of digestion that happens. But we want the opposite to happen. We want to make sure that we're in a parasympathetic state, our rest and digest state, where our body is relaxed and it's prioritizing the blood flow to our stomach to aid our digestion. So how do we do that? We eat in a calm environment. We don't multitask. We focus on our food. We take lots of time. We chew our food lots and we just really savor and enjoy our meal. So that's our first way that we can really help our gut health. Now, a second way is that we can look at boosting our fiber intake. Now, we've all heard about fiber and the benefits of fiber. And on average, we should be aiming for about 30 grams of fiber a day. But most adults are falling quite short at 20 grams or less. So some simple ways to boost our fiber intake is to eat some more fruits and veggies. So some of the best fruits and veggies that are highest in fiber include pears, strawberries, avocados, they're definitely a favorite in our house, uh, apples, raspberries, carrots, beets, broccoli, you know, they're all high and all vegetables and fruits have fiber. So don't be as scared to eat them because that fiber is going to help with you going to the toilet, keeping you regular, okay, and not backed up. So super beneficial. Now, other forms and sources of fiber include whole grains, beans, nuts, and brown rice in particular. So including those foods as well is going to help with our fiber intake. And then finally, I wanted to talk about resistant starch. So resistant starch is a type of starch which functions like soluble fiber. So many studies in humans have shown that resistant starch can have powerful health benefits, including improving our insulin sensitivity, lowering our blood sugar levels, reducing our appetite, and even having benefits in weight loss. So where do we find this resistant starch and what is it? Well, there are actually four types of resistant starch. Type one is found in grains, seeds, and legumes, and it resists digestion because it's bound within the fibrous walls of these foods. Type two is found in some starchy foods, including raw potatoes and unripe bananas. So I'm sure you've heard about resistant starch being in unripe bananas, but if you haven't, eating that slightly green banana is going to be higher in fiber and have that resistant starch. Uh, Type three, now this is formed within certain starchy foods including potatoes and rice, when they're cooked and cooled. So this is one that's quite uh, common. Lots of nutritionists will recommend that you have resistant starch in this form. So if you cook up potatoes and allow them to cool and make like a potato salad, they're going to be higher in resistant starch. Same as with rice. If we cook up rice and then allow it to cool and you might have a rice salad, then that is going to have resistant starch as well. 
And finally, our fourth type is man-made and it's formed via a chemical process. So the main reason why resistant starch works so well is because it functions like soluble fermentable fiber. It goes through our stomach and small intestine undigested, eventually reaching our colon, where it then can feed our gut-friendly bacteria. So it's food for our gut bacteria, which again, the happier and healthier our gut bacteria is, the better our gut health and digestion is going to be. So Making sure that we're eating fiber, we're including resistant starch in our diet can be really beneficial for feeding our gut bacteria and having that nice healthy gut ecosystem happening. All right, moving on to number three, we want to try to increase the diversity of food we eat for our gut health. So if we're eating, say, the same 10 foods over and over again, then we're only getting, we're feeding our bacteria the same forms of fiber, of phytonutrients, you know, the same foods are being broken down over and over. And so if you imagine a garden that only has 10 types of plants in it, and then imagine a garden that has 30 types of plants in it, then you see the garden that has 30 types means there's a bigger ecosystem. So there's going to be more crossover between the plants, sharing more nutrients. You might attract more bees and, you know, insects to the garden. And the same is with our gut. If we're only eating 10 foods, we don't have the diversity of gut bacteria as if, you know, in comparison to if we were eating 30 different types of foods where we're going to then encourage different gut bacteria. We're going to be nourishing that gut bacteria with different nutrients. So the more different plant foods we can eat, the better for our gut health. Now, our aim is to eat 30 plant-based foods a week, 30 different plant-based foods. So our plant-based foods includes fruits and veggies, nuts, seeds, legumes, spices, lovely different types of spices like cinnamon and turmeric and nutmeg and, you know, all the things that you can add for flavor. Um, whole grains. And now when we talk about whole grains, we really do want the whole grain. So things like burglar and pearl barley, couscous. When we talk about the whole grains, white flour products don't, you know, sort of contribute towards this because it's not the whole grain that's left. So going back to those whole foods, adding them into different salads, you know, rather than just going for your standard side dish of pasta, you know, experiment, try some couscous, add in some chickpeas and lentils, just really experiment with adding in some of these other plant-based foods to get, you know, so many more nutrients to feed your gut health. Now, Like everybody, we're all different and individual. So you need to experiment with trying different foods, seeing what you prefer and seeing how your body reacts. Sometimes when people eat, you know, seeds and legumes, they might have more bloating. Other people won't have a problem. So it's really finding what different plant-based foods work for you, what make you feel good as well and don't leave you end up on the toilet and, you know, just trying and new dishes and new flavors and new spices and things to really increase that diversity. 
All right, moving on to number four. We want to try to stop eating at least two to three hours before we go to bed. Now, this is for a number of reasons, but generally, once we finish eating, it takes another sort of three to six hours for our body to digest that last meal. So if we're having our last meal at 6 p.m., it's probably going to be up to about midnight before our body finishes digesting anyway. Then it's got a good sort of, you know, anywhere between hopefully five to eight hours before you eat again. Now, if we're having, you know, dinner really late at say 9 p.m. and then we're going to bed at 10 p.m., one, we're going to be going to bed with quite a full stomach, which can feel quite uncomfortable. Two, our food isn't going to be fully digested. So again, it's our body's going to be working harder during our sleep period to digest the food rather than focusing on all the other things our body does when we sleep, like repairing cells and turning over our memory and all of these types of things where we really rest and rejuvenate because it's going to be focusing on that digesting. So having that break. Also, you know, we've heard about fasting and the benefits of intermittent fasting and the benefits for our blood sugar stability. Just making sure that we can eat those meals a few hours before going to bed is all going to, again, aid in our weight, keeping and maintaining a healthy weight range, and then also stabilizing our blood sugar levels as well. So they're not constantly going up, 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 right up to the time before we're going to bed and spiking. Because if we're getting spiking blood sugars right before we go to bed, then we're probably going to have that tired and wired feeling where we crash and burn, but can't switch off and go to sleep because we've had potentially sugar or stimulants like caffeine or alcohol. So eliminating that, eating earlier and finishing that meal off so we give ourselves plenty of time to digest and unwind will aid our sleep and aid our gut health. And finally, the last thing we can do to help our gut health is include pre and probiotic food in our diet. Now, these foods, we've already covered a lot of them talking about our fiber foods and our plant-based foods, but getting even a bit more specific, our prebiotic foods are again, the food that is going to feed our gut bacteria. So I like to think of our gut bacteria like Pac-Man and he goes around and he's eating all those little dots as he goes through. And that's at the prebiotics and that's feeding our gut health. Now, prebiotic foods that help to feed the bacteria in our gut, our healthy gut bacteria, are things like bananas, oats, asparagus, garlics, and onion, apples, uh, artichokes, dandelion greens. So they're also fantastic for your liver health as well and liver cleansing. So they're just an example. There's way more prebiotic foods, but that's a good start if you're looking to include any of those in your diet. And then our probiotic foods, these foods include yogurt, tofu, tempeh, miso, fermented foods like miso and sauerkraut, kombucha, um, kefir. So our probiotics are what help to stimulate our healthy gut. So probiotics are good gut bacteria and the prebiotics are the food that this gut bacteria eats. So having a combination of eating prebiotic foods and probiotic foods are going to help that ecosystem of our gut, if we think of it like that garden, really flourish and thrive so that we don't have dead patches, we don't have the overgrowth of bad bacteria which can affect our gut health. 
So these are five simple ways that we can incorporate, you know, just some healthy foods and practices into our life to really aid our gut bacteria. I think so many of us think that having a healthy gut needs to be complicated and it doesn't. We can really just start with eating healthy food, taking our time to eat our food and chew our food well, and just make sure that we, you know, leave some space before we go to bed at the last meal of the day you know, and just eat till when we're full. I think that's another thing to think about as well. You know, so many people and myself included, sometimes we overeat, but you know, if we just remember that that food is going to be there tomorrow and the next day and the shops there are still going to have that food, you know, it's not going anywhere, then we can enjoy a bit without overindulging. And, you know, when we feel full listening to our body signals, so we might start to feel a little uncomfortable in our tummy, okay, or in the clothes that we're wearing. Hopefully we can even stop before that, just listening, you know, and thinking, are we still hungry? No. Do I feel in my stomach that I feel content? Yes. Okay, well then that's enough for now. So listening to our body's cues is really crucial. And whether or not that's around, you know, how much you eat, whether or not you eat a food and you need to rush off to the toilet or you just feel a bit foggy in the head after having it, or, you know, a really common one is you wake up after a big night out having a few drinks and you just don't feel very good. That's our body communicating to us that these foods probably aren't amazing for our bodies. So something to be aware of. And again, just another easy way to help us tune in with our body and tune into our gut health. Well, that's it for me for this week. Again, if you haven't signed up for the Get Back Into Shape series, we'll be diving into gut health and weight loss and so much more. And that kicks off on January 10th. So Don't miss out on that. Head on over to the show notes, click the Get Back Into Shape link and sign up now. I am so super excited for this workshop series. And remember, if you can't make it live, it's fine. There is going to be replays of the workshops. All right. I hope you guys have a fantastic week in this lovely new year. And I'll see you again next week on the podcast. Thanks for listening into the podcast. Please hit subscribe to be updated for each time we release a new podcast.